0: into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Sanjay is the founder and CEO at Last Mile Channel Enhancement and previously the founder of Impact Communications. In the interview, Sanjay emphasizes surrounding oneself with a capable and aligned team to address complex problems. And despite facing challenges, he keeps a cool head and trusts his team and energizes them towards what they are collectively aiming for. His passion and collaborative approach has turned challenges into opportunities, leading him to build a remarkable, future-ready marketplace for rural India. Hi Sanjay, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast.
1: Hi Sumit, thank you for having me and very excited to be part of your podcast.
0: It's a... Pleasure to have you here. To begin with, can you start by sharing a little bit about yourself?
1: So I'm Sanjay Azul and first generation entrepreneur. And uh, I started entrepreneurship journey in 1999. So almost 25 years into the entrepreneurship journey and uh, founded a couple of companies. And uh, so I think the startup bug has caught me at 60. So now I am running a startup called LMCE, which is Last Mile Channel Enhancement. So my core domain has been Rural. I have been fascinated with the Rural markets of India. So I started a very early entrance into space when people were talking about Rural. So that's how my journey has been. It's been predominantly Rural marketing.
0: Yeah. Can you share a bit back about your first company? You said you're a first generation entrepreneur. So how did you come to entrepreneurship or starting a company?
1: yeah i think i am by i'm not here by design but i am by here by default so i have done only two jobs in my entire career i started with economic consultancy services so i was a research associate there so we typically used to do feasibility studies and stuff like that so nothing to do with the rural markets so i have done feasibility studies for multiple categories pcb boards ice tubing machines high fructose sugar i still remember so I have an elephant's memory. So I, I can still, I'm talking of, uh, you know, late 80s. And then I moved to a, an advertising agency called Mudra Communications. And there I was heading one of the verticals. It was a self-funded kind of a model. And while I had my first brush with rural marketing, I got a mandate for from a PepsiCo brand to do something in Kumbh Mela Fardwar. If you understand Mela, Mela basically is a yeah. congregation of this is a typical festival where people congregate from various parts of the country. And I found that an amalgamation of a lot of rural population. And you have millions of visitors coming in. So I thought it's a high potential platform where you can intercept uh, rural audiences. You could create brand silency, you could intercept, do sampling, trial generation, build brand affinity. So I was very fascinated by that Kumbh Mela. So incidentally, that did not mature because it was a last moment call, but this bug caught me, rural bug. And then in the late 90s, there was a huge noise about rural marketing, it was the future and stuff like that. But most of the brands were not trying Rura in a full-fledged manner. But I thought this is my calling and I should start something in Rura. So I then in 1999 uh, founded this company called Impact Communications, which is today India's leading Marcom company for rural marketing. And we will name any top, most 50, top brands of 50 brands of the country. So we work there for them. Largely FMCG, agri-sector. We work for government also. So any outreach program for... So we design communication. And the typical part is I also have done backward integration in terms of implementation. So here, when we talk about doing something in rural, it's not only about the ideation, what you want to do. It's more about the execution how you do it. So for donkey 25 years, working in a very tough market. So that has been my first brush with rural marketing.
0: Yeah. And can you share a bit more about what you call as your calling? Because the late 90s was also a time when the Indian cities were booming, right? A lot of movement towards yes. the cities and you decided Cities
1: to... was there. You're right. You're, uh, I remember, in fact, in Mudra, I just curated an event, which is a multi-city event called Countdown 2000, because I think the new Millennium Celebration was in... The high splits across the globe so there was a huge focus on urban but somehow i was fascinated by rural. basically two things one is if you have to acquire new million next million customers you need to go to rural that's part one part two you needed a niche approach a very differentiated approach if you have to intercept this market so there and most of the brands were there was a lot of talk about the marketing so that we want to go to Rural. A lot of brands were reinventing themselves. Sashay Revolution was in infancy that those, those days. People were toying with the idea of going into Rural. So I also thought the market is right. But unfortunately I was wrong. There was a, too much of talk, lesser of investment. Okay. I, immediately when we started, we hit a roadblock that there was it was only a talk. People were actually flirting with the idea, not actually married with the vision of going into Rural. But that changed over a period of time. But I did stick there and probably did a lot of other stuff to educate industry at large, how why they should go rural. Yeah. So we then, a couple of us collaborated together and we formed an association called Rural Marketing Association of India. And, and I have been also president of that association for a good four or five terms. And now right now I'm on their chair, I'm chairing the advisory board. So essentially that time our job was educating industry, why rural? Hmm. So 70% of your population, 50% of your GDP, stuff like that. So much of under consumption. So you, consumption is going to go up. So half the time we were doing seminars and this thing and then praying for the good clients. So that was a very tough time. You start with a lot of hmm. excitement. So that was the first roadblock. So I hit it, I but I stayed there. I was I had a conviction that this is going to turn around. But across 2005, mm-hmm. six. so most of the companies then realized. Now, if when I'm talking to you today, I don't need to tell if they're only exploring how Rural. So mm-hmm. they're looking at new ways of reinventing it because Rural has changed faster than most of the marketers I would have imagined just a few years back. And it's changing every passing day. The kind mm-hmm. of the government spends, infra, upliftment, so everything has actually changed the entire landscape. Consumer, as new aspirations are shaped up. And digital in- transformation has really transformed the rural consumers. And new aspirations. Even influencers have changed. So yeah, there is a very new approach. And honestly, I've been loving it. And I have started working in those days where the reporting was done through a landline. We, have, we had zero tracking. There were no mobile phones. But there were no ATMs. So still we were able to execute projects in rural. But right now, life is much simpler. You are, there's a lot of technological disruption happening over there. And everybody is flocking there. Now you have got companies having rural verticals, dedicated movements. Mm-hmm. So if you have, they have to acquire next million customers, they need to go rural.
0: Yeah. And with that, can you share about the current startup that you, I think, started during COVID times? So what, yes. what led to that? What was that journey?
1: Yeah, Sumit, see, my entire journey has been full of challenges and I, in, at impact even I had situations which are near-death kind of situations in the early years where blocks, I had no money so it was my saving from the salary but by grace of God and our ambition, honestly speaking, I told you why I was not by, there by design, by default. I shared that same idea with my company, company Mudra. I told them this is the opportunities we should do something. So there was a lot of lag in terms of their decision making. So I said by the time they will do it. So when I started, telling you very honestly, so I was on the both sides of the fence. I had been seen an organized agency versus what are their shortcomings and how I have to curate the model which will click in the marketplace, what are the client needs, since I was actively involved in the entire operational process, marketing process, getting consumer insights. So I was I have traveled every nook and corner of the country. So I was fronting every piece because as an entrepreneur, you couldn't afford to have big operational team. And you built it from bottom up from a scratch. So you also get an opportunity to see 360 degree of your business. So that gave me a good leverage in terms of understanding that market. So when I started four or five years down the line, we got great. We acquired best of the best brands. We started. And honestly speaking, when I started, I had a couple of people with me in my team. I told them, look here, guys, we are not going to lose money. If you are getting all the money, so I am good, but we should do something good in the industry and make a mark and do some, something very differentiated in the marketplace. Some of the award winning programs for the brands and essentially with a word of mouth. So very small industry, people move from one company to another company. So that translated into good business and the pandemic, everything came to a halt because the rural is more about the on-ground operations. So that always gave me a huge opportunity and also a big bit of a jerk that all of a sudden then you have such a huge operational field force to take care of and then not a lot of teams. So everything coming to zero. So I sat back. First of all, I I didn't get rattled. I said, fine. We have made enough money and these are the people who actually have made us what we are today. So first, let's be very considerate, relax assuming that we are not earning anything for two years, we have enough resources to fund them. So first of all, intention of the employees that created a great goodwill for us in the industry. Post that, I also realized there's a huge risk. So if something, this has happened, so why is our business future ready? So there I realized that we need to create one more revenue stream, which is self-sustained, which is future ready, and also which is high in demand in terms of the service offering. So there the idea of LMC germinated. I'll tell you, this was a vertical. It was a vertical within impact. So Mm -hmm. there was a client, Ben Kaiser, who told us once that that, that was a very scary mandate. So they gave us a mandate. Being a Marcom agency, they told us, can you build our channel network or enable us reach beyond our current channel is reaching? Can you give us additional, can you foray into those kind of villages? I said, boss, you are... We are a Marcom agency. How come you are giving this kind of a mandate to us as an agency? But somehow Sumit, at times you got excited with a new mandate and which is very challenging. So I said, let's give it a shot. But I was not very confident how this is going to shape up because we had never done anything like this before. But Sumit telling you very honestly, within one year, so we did a couple of pilots, what is going to work. And honestly, we came with no baggage. Hmm. So we had no previous learning. We had no... So we started it with fresh slate and we created an application. We named this project Ridi, and within one and a half year, we touched 25 million incremental growth for the brand. So it was doing very well. Then we started experimenting with other clients. We worked for Godrage, we worked for DS Group, we worked for Apollo Tires. But it was, again, the model was cost to the client.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This was not a model wherein it's a self-pay-for-performance model. So here we would charge them for entire services. Be it tech, be it manpower, training. But the 25 million was not attributed to me. Mm-hmm. It We will uh, we'll only charge them on the basis of the expenses which we have incurred. Pandemic gave me an understanding that, uh, despite, you know, I thought this would be, the, be the first casualty because they were on the third party roles. They were actually on the RB role. Similarly, we were working for Signify, which is Philips. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a team. So we thought we have almost five 600 people working on ground. Now these guys would be something probably we'll lose them because companies would not pay, and believe me, none of the company was keen to lay them off. Essentially, because they had created and they were not ready to take a risk of losing the manpower. And when the supply chain disruption started improving, we immediately created intervention on WhatsApp, so we could also see we could actually capture the demand without people going out. Mm. So it validated two things. A, that there is acceptance of technology. Number two, there is a latent demand for the products. You only need to serve at them at the right time. So that was a time when I thought, now if we have to do 10x of this, what do we do? Not every company or every company is signified because they were subsidizing this effort. So can we make it pay for performance model, like commission model, and then get the technology right and ultimately create a marketplace? Why in, and this is a big challenge for most of the companies foraying into mm-hmm. rural is a challenge so that's why with this idea came in now I was victim of my own imagery and I was positioned as a leading top-notch marketing communication guy but not a hardcore sales person so I had to immediately curate a good team so I just just explored my network so I got two more founders three more founders to collaborate with me one was Sankal Podbore who is been head of sales in the decade. He also was CEO of Hindustan India in Tamil Clark. He's looking out South Southeast Asia. So I have another friend, industry friend, uh, Sanjay Pani Gray, who is, has been ex-chief customer officer of Bidlite from Amul. And back previous to that, where he was in Amul, a very senior resource, He knows sales in and the out. Then I picked up one sales and distribution person, Pradeek, who has been into FMCG industry for a very long time. So I curated a team because I wanted to understand what are the boardroom conversations within the company. Mm. How do they evaluate profits? How do they, what are their mechanics of channel margins? So I needed to have a right team to actually educate me on that. Yeah. And then the biggest animal was tech. Honestly speaking to me, I'm not a techie. So if you look at the startups who are in competing space with me, they're either from logistics, they're like Slipkart or Amazon, or from a log- marketplace company. So I was from a very different background. So I again had to learn tech. So the first stuff I told my CTO is that if I don't understand tech within one year, you're sad. I will have to replace you. I will rather have an outsourced agency. So you have to educate me. You have to spend some time and make me understand. So age of 60. So I got a fairer idea today about the tech. And in fact, he's very impressed with the kind of inputs I give you Because I know the need. So he yeah. decodes that solution for me. Yeah. So he he would he is a fantastic guy. But understand that those insights are behaviors, the consumption, digital consumption, the pattern. I understand that all. Mm. So I give him an input. He's able to curate that. So I had yeah. I put a fantastic team together. Then we curated a model. Then we thought, fine guys, do we have any takers? Can this be, can somebody t- just fund us? And then we start. We hired a, my investment advisory firm which uh, got us before i am talking of pre operation valuation mm-hmm. so they gave us 10 million valuation pre operations so now half year in the operation doing pretty well new animal new challenges but that is keeping me very active very energized very passionate i am loving it telling you very honestly my job at impact had almost became mundane so i had a recliner in my room so i used to only sign checks or make some transfers or have a good nap in the lifetime because the business Mm -hmm. is almost on the auto mode and 80 80 percent of the business is inbound so there is hardly much for there's hardly anything much for me to do but this has really energized me i'm loving it telling you very very honestly and so probably this is what i am doing today
0: yeah i think what you're sharing is the power of a good team or creating a good team even like beyond your competencies or beyond what you have done. And since you had a vision, you surrounded yourself and actually made your foray into a totally different market or industry. And then you didn't try to do everything alone. You created a team, including technology, including sales. And that's a wonderful lesson for any entrepreneur who tries to do it all alone or by themselves.
1: Well, I think uh, you're talking about a founding team. In fact, even if I hire any senior leadership person, so if he doesn't know one thing better than me, I don't have mm-hmm. So if he brings something yeah. good on the table, which is additional, there's an additional capability he brings to the company. So in the process, I bring on table my mm-hmm. experience, my knowledge, but if they bring in something new to the table, so it makes a very good combination. On yeah. a, in a leadership, you need to have people who can actually contribute collectively. And the best part is in a leadership team, we were very clear that all of us are very aligned in terms of our vision and mission.
0: Mm. very
1: aligned. So that is actually sticking this team together and passionately contributing in building it what we are doing today.
0: Wonderful. Now, if you look towards the future, can you share a bit more about some of the challenges that you see in the long term, let's say in the next five years or so?
1: Telling you very honestly, Sumit, I see only uh, lesser of challenges more of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if you look at we are predominantly in the FMC market space. So if you look at the Kiryana which we call GT in India, yeah. your terms. So you have modern trade, traditional trade, and then e-com. Now you are 80%, 85%, 80 to 85% FMC sales happen through GT, whether it is urban or rural. Okay, And if you look at modern trade, that is still, and if you look at e so companies do 3 to 5% kind of sales yes. through e Now, if you come to whatever development happens in terms of the e-com and the modern trade, that evolution is happening at urban. And is a pivot to the rural economy. She's so embedded in the system because they give credit for from season to season. He is a next door accessible guy while you buy and he influences the customer. So they are already embedded in the system. So you have almost 1.2, 12 million stores mm. to be pre- uh, precise. And out of which 60% lie in rural. So you can understand how they are embedded in the, uh, they're pivotal in the entire system. So I am building something for these stakeholders, so doing a lot of digital transformation with them, bringing best to the best prices. So a lot of this trade is being catered by wholesale or through a nearby field of town. So we are br- making goods accessible at their doorstep. That's number one. We're bringing tar- transparency in terms of the pricing. So we are bringing a lot of all those schemes or promotional schemes at his doorstep. Apart from that, we are also solving multiple pain points, not only related to the business, mm-hmm. beyond any of it. So I see it as a periphery of the peripheries of the problem. We identify what are these challenges, trying to solve those challenges for the... Leader. So Kiryana store becomes pivotal for us as thing. So when you talk about challenges, now there is a biggest challenge for us is <clears throat> tech adoption. Now look at the ease of his life today. Somebody is coming to his store, taking an order. So he's black like a king and he gives the order or he picks up a phone and tells a wholesaler. Third, convenience, he goes to the uh, wholesale market and picks up not only the FMC stuff, he picks up other related stuff also. So he's used to a very different kind of working behavior or a trade behavior. Yeah. So habit inculcation would be one of the biggest challenges. And mm-hmm. we, what we have done, we are investing into the ha- habit inculcation. We are not force feeding the app. What we are trying to do is we are creating two things. One is a compelling reason for him to use the app, building stickiness for it. Number three, incentivizing the usage of the app. Third, we are doing a long-term inculcation. I'll just give an example of all the four things which I have told you. One, my initially we started from order taking, so my guys will vote. It was a human tech assistant. So, right now, my guy will go take order from his app. We used call it VSR app. So, it was an order taking app. Okay. Then, now we are in a phase where we are doing habit inflation. We have downloaded the app now on the tailor's mobile phone. So, now we are making, even if the VLE is going there, he's making him order through that app. So, we are incentivizing him by 1%. Similarly, we, this entire retailer network is connected to a distributor network which we call xmds expand micro distributors now these expand micro distributors again are incentivized that you will get more margins if somebody if you get online orders we will pay you more money if you have online orders if you have offline orders you get 1% less so we are using pull and push third thing what we are also doing so what is the compelling reason for him to stick to our app now, he has little couple of problems. One, he can't keep track on his khata. So, ledger making uh, keeping uh, that he l- loses a track, how much money he has to take, how much money he, somebody lends. And so, that is one piece which we are solving. So, we are creating an automated khata for him. Third, we are also enabling him to share his shop within his ecosystem. So, he can share his shop and then they, without downloading an app, any customer cannot upload third thing what we are also doing we are also giving him a flaunt value by enabling him to do a website of his job okay so that will have a flaunt value he can share the website and this is there are the predefined templates wherein he can just take a couple of pictures and his website is ready it is a website powered by expand and finally we are also collecting points for him where there is a uh, adar money, which is for his daughter. Now, so suppose he has mm-hmm. a daughter. There is a study. He can opt for certain options which are basically long-term. Why, if he has to take care of his yeah. child's education or a girl's marriage. So those kind of issue, issues. Wherein he can actually use his loyalty points in terms of redeeming it and cash it at, on a longer term. So looking at India, yeah. yes, we are also... Looking at more possibilities via the state, and we are very keen that we need to build stickiness of the retailer, yeah. and not only solve the problem and keep it only trained related. So we are we are adding something very fantastic also in terms of the com- communication, but it is going to take time because our now yeah. our, our AI and ML is basically learning that fuzzy yes. language, which we'll put as a bot in the uh, in the yeah. So we understand they are uh, being in the rural for such a long time. We understand it will not be, and we have built it bottom up. So, another replica of a urban app. So, we have built it bottom up. We understand the language as a problem, typing as a problem. So, voice-enabled is a very simplest thing. We are also working on the imagery. So, if he has to buy a soap, so whatever mm-hmm. soap I sell, he has to scan any of the soaps within the shop. So, my uh, entire soap list will uh, mm-hmm. pop up. So, he doesn't have to even type. He doesn't have to use voice. So, it will be all. By imagery, you would be able to color. So we're making ease of usage, building stickiness, doing Mm. habit inculcation. So that is the part which is very, very toughest in the entire piece. Big challenge for us. Mm. And essentially, we are very, very well uh, invested in that idea base. Once we do this right, that will be the first uh, people in the industry to actually Mm -hmm. do do those kind of discussion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And speaking of habits in this second stint for you, what has been some new habits that uh, that you have found which are very exciting and what the old habits have been difficult to change or to adapt to?
1: I'm, I'm of a very strong believer you need to create compelling reasons for I'll just give you your example. So I think if you have pick up your mobile phone you will have 10-20 apps in your mobile phone. Yeah. So yeah. probably you will be using only three or four. Either see if I use something for Uber app for transportation I have Paytm for so I use only three, four, because I have a compelling reason of using that two, three, four mm-hmm. apps. So I rest are almost dead stock in my uh, phone. So same is true for, which I realized very uh, from a learning. In I went in one of the election rallies of a political leader in India. So in Rajasthan. So there was a guy who was actually, he had a reliance phone, geo phone, and he was telling, saying, Madam G, news now. So when he was asking for the mobile phone, so I just spoke to him. I told him, why don't you, why are you seeing snob? Why don't you see it? You go to YouTube and watch the news? He said, I have cataract.
0: Hmm.
1: Now look at the person who has a cataract problem. He can't see, but he wants to listen to the news. So he has learned how he can use his dialect to listen to that piece of news. Hmm. So that is a compelling reason for him to get glued to the technology so when you make that compelling reason you are able to decode that those compelling reasons then your stickiness mm-hmm. is going to bound to happen so the, i'll just give you another example now they are used to this gambling games dream 11 and this thing. so this is a habit which we have actually seen these retailers are used to whenever they have free time so they would bet on the cricket team 11 and so they are used to this bidding and stuff like that so we have created one every week there is a bidding happens which are from our portal within a one hour span, so mm-hmm. we bid it at one rupee, say good goods worth say five thousand. Did at one rupee, have a window of one hour, so we see maximum traffic coming that time for this. So we are actually that is the biggest challenge for my tech team. So essentially, who were cozy sitting in their offices back to ground. I told them, Look at the, their behavior, look at what they are. What apps they are using? What is their pattern? What are they consuming in terms of Mm -hmm. digital? And probably curative solutions.
0: Yeah, yeah. And as an entrepreneur, how do you manage pressure or stress when you have to deal with challenges or when something is not working as expected? I
1: think that is a learning. That I would. I I told you in back also we had near death situations. Why there is no money? I started with 40 k grand money, so we had no money. So, we had to create a revenue stream. There were a lot of full of Journey was completely full of challenges. As you grow, you also become slightly wiser. And yeah. You could anticipate a couple of the challenges. And when you have challenges, I don't crumble under pressure. That is one trait as a leader I have. And it's very important to put your flock together, mm-hmm. lead it for the front that time, and energize your team. And yeah. honestly speaking, it's very important. My The core team which I work with, so I have actually, I get them to succeed. Trust them blindly. I completely trust them and give them delegation, but keep an eye essentially how they are functioning or do mm-hmm. coaching where the intervention is required. But then when you're as a collective team, you're living a particular vision or a goal. So then I'm not the only person who is worried. There are yeah. 10 other people who are worried. They partner with your worry. They partner with your challenge. And then you never know one of them comes with a solution and they you know say that, 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 that let's crack it like this. Yeah. A lot of challenge. In fact, in the LMC, I'm telling you, we had a big challenge. We started deliberately with the Challenger brands. We did not start with the big brands. So, when we started with Challenger brands, we did not see traction in the throughput. Our top line was not, in, while our profit was good, but there was not a high, good traction in the top line. So, I didn't realize what is happening. I was just comparing that portfolio with any of the previous understanding which I had about RB. And even my co-founders were not able to crack it because they also came with the learning of a big corporation where mm-hmm. there is a latent demand. So Pedalite sells, Amul sells, PepsiCo sells. So there is a latent demand. So when you go with a new brand, which is, where, where it doesn't have a latent demand. So now today, Ruder has changed in terms of not just spoiled for choices. So there was a time when I was, when I started it, we used to say, if you are able to place the product, it's a battle half one. But mm-hmm. that is not a scene today. Today, everybody is foraying and there's a fierce competition. They are also now spoiled for choices. There is, there. if you look at, you have to also secure that mind space. So they are digitally connected. They want big brands.
0: Yeah. So
1: initially, we did not go with a big brand. Essentially, with a re- reason A, that I had a huge pressure that if I screw up and if I do something wrong, so I will have a huge stake because my 90% business at impact is with the top brands. So mm-hmm. I did not. So that was a very deliberate step. But that put a huge pressure on us that we were not getting the numbers which we were anticipating. But now we have created a highway. But now we have got now started. We signed ITC PNG uh, recently, and uh, we are seeing complete transformation in this. So uh, you grapple with the challenges, find a solution, but yeah. at times you'll have to live with those challenges.
0: Yeah. Can you share what else do you do outside of work? What else completes you?
1: Yeah, socially inactive, telling you very honestly, this isn't given me much of time to socialize, but I am very well networked with the industry because industry, since I have been at RMAI, that has actually taught me a lot of leadership traits. Mm -hmm. You're one among equals. So you have a small corporation to a big corporate, Maruti, Honda, all those companies, Philips, they are our members. So you, and then there are small-time agencies. also, this amalgamation of tools. So I have been president there. I have been at the helm of national advisory board. But that has actually taught me how you basically address to various challenges. And everyone, you know, when you are serving at that level, so you have to actually meet the aspirations of various levels of the people. That is also enabled there was a huge uh, rub off in terms of uh, getting good network. So I am very actively involved with the industry activities. I'm very good at curating conferences. I'm a fan of curating content because in my heart that I am a communication guy. So I love doing that job. I still actively do that. Weekend is a family time. There is no completely shut off two days. So weekends, I would not indulge in any other stuff, but mostly spend time with the family.
0: Thank you, Sanjay, yeah. for giving this like wonderful insight into your life as a professional, as an entrepreneur, but also as, as a human being. Yeah, Thank I think you. your passion clearly shows through your voice and what you're trying to do. And before we end, right, if anybody who is listening who wants to reach out to you or find out more about what you're up to, what is the best way for them to do?
1: Something? I'm on all social platforms and I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm very low on my following. So they people can reach out to me on LinkedIn.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sanjay. I will make Thank sure you. to include these links with the show notes of the episode when it comes out. And at the same time, I would like to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you.
1: Thank you so much for having me and it was wonderful talking to you. I think it was only me talking to you.
0: That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction not just for yourself but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future. Please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show And it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved, and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.